What's it like virtually interviewing and matching into a residency program? How does physical activity affect a med student schedule, and why is it important? On this episode of Talking You and Med Student Life, hear from fourth-year med student Spencer, how he's conquered Spartan races and triathlons, his favorite third-year rotation, and how he matched into a diagnostic radiology program, all here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Another great guest today, Spencer, fourth-year med student. How does it feel, Spencer? It is exciting. It's strange being, you know, towards the end and about ready to graduate and move on to residency, but it is definitely a good kind of strange. It's been a four-year journey, and let's get into the Dr. Chan time machine. Let's go back to when did you know you're going to go to med school? When did you want to become a doctor? Was it a event? Was it a series event? Where, where did this come from for you, Spencer? Yeah, it was a more of a series of events. Um, it was partway through my undergrad. You know, I was never the person who, like, from the time I was a kid, wanted to be a doctor. Um, it was definitely a bit more of a, a process over time. Um, when I graduated from high school, I was um, thinking more along the lines of, like, physics or mechanical engineering. I was really interested in, in that side of things. And so I, I came out of high school, headed down that path, and... Um, through, you know, a series of events ended up in during my freshman year in a um, class in the exercise science department um, at BYU called uh, kinesiology and biomechanics, where I was using a lot of those physics principles that I was already interested in, but applying them specifically to the human body. And um, that's what kind of first piqued my interest in, um, I don't know, I guess biology or life sciences in general made me realize that while I did really like those physics principles, I loved even more the application to um, to the human body. And so that's kind of what first got me going down the path of life sciences. And then over the next several years, um, I started... Um, you know, kind of investigating a few different possibilities. I thought about medicine. Uh, I thought as well for a while about um, like biomedical engineering as a potential um, career option. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I, I got involved with, you know, some research, some volunteering um, while I was down there at BYU, as well as a few classes where some different doctors came and talked with us. And um, I started realizing that while um, you know, kind of with the engineering side of things, while I did really like a lot of the principles there, I also really enjoyed, um, or sorry, I guess I, I hadn't experienced it so much yet, but I, it really appealed to me being able to be more directly involved with the people that I, I could be helping. I just saw, for example, like, um, in, in some of these classes where these doctors would come and talk with us, the, just the impact that they had directly on their patients and um, the positive relationships that they had. And it just, that was so appealing to me seeing like that, um, just that positive relationship and um, th that kind of tipped the scales for me towards medicine, wanting to be more directly involved with, uh, with people and with patients' lives and, um, contributing to their overall um, wellness in a more direct way. And so, um, yeah, like I said, that I, kind of tipped the scales more towards medicine. I love that, Spencer. And you talked about the human body and the, the biomechanics, the biophysics of it all. Yeah. Like, what kind of hobbies have you done to kind of push yourself, push your body? Because I know you've been busy. So do you, do you talk a little <laughs> bit about how, 
you know, and I think it ties it a little into wellness. So yeah, talk about some of the things you like to do when you're not in med school. Yeah. So in general, um, being active and being outdoors are, you know, kind of the things that really make me happy and help me find balance in my life. Um, coming, you know, in high school, I did like cross country and track. That was kind of a big thing for me. Um, but then, you know, since then I've, I've liked to find lots of different ways to, um, like you said, to push myself and to, to be active. And the kind of the main things that I've done, I've, I've really enjoyed doing a, you know, different um, races. I, you know, first did a lot of, of running specific stuff, kind of building off my cross country and track experience. I've um, done a couple marathons. Um, I, um, which I really enjoyed, but I'm also um, okay with not doing another one for a little while because they are brutal. <laughs> the training for those is just, is, uh, is something. So, um, but I did that for a while. I started doing um, triathlons as well, which I've really enjoyed. I've recently done a couple Spartan races, which were a ton of fun. What's a Spartan um, race? That yeah, hard. <laughs> it's a good question. And, and it is hard. It's kind of a combination of trail running mixed with um, uh, kind of an obstacle course. So the the ones that I did, um, they were the, the running in total was about eight or so miles. Um, and it was up in up in the mountain. So it was all really tough trail running. So the last one I did was up in um, in Ogden at one of the ski resorts up there. Um, and so you're going just up and down through the foothills and just these grueling trails, but then interspersed throughout, you have different obstacles that you have to do. And so it can be things like, um, it's quite a variety of things, but often like climbing over certain things or, you know, climbing up like a 10 foot rope and, you know, and then coming back down or, um, random things like, you know, I guess to get in the spirit of Spartan, you know, um, like, you know, throwing a spear at a bale of hay or, mm -hmm. um, or carrying, uh, you know, a big weight on your shoulders for, you know, for a hundred yards or so before continuing. Um, so a number of different things like that to kind of challenge you physically in a different way than simply endurance or simply running along the trail. And what attracted you to, I mean, that's a lot, Spencer. I mean, marathons, triathlons, Spartan running, uh, <laughs> like what attracted you? I mean, like what, what is this, like, what did it provide you? How did it benefit you? Why yeah. You so yeah. It's a, and it's a great question. I think, you know, I've, I've often <laughs> talked to a number of people that I don't blame anyone for not wanting or for not finding or immediately seeing the appeal of, um, of doing things like this, because it, it can be uh, uncomfortable or even painful in the moment. But for me, um, mental health has been one of the, the biggest things that's drawn me to it and, and kept me doing physical activity like this. Um, you know, a few, a number of years ago, I, so I, I did a mission for the LDS church. And um, so I was away from my home for, for a couple of years. And, um, and it was really hard being kind of a little more isolated like that and not having my normal routines and things. And I started realizing at that, or I started at that time having some personal battles with um, anxiety and depression. And, um, and, I started realizing that one of the big things for me that was helpful in kind of keeping that a little bit more under control um, was physical activity and um, having, you know, every day, at least a few minutes of time where I could, um, you know, kind of refocus and 
work out some of the stress that had been building up inside of me. And so that's kind of when it started. And then after I, you know, got back here to Utah um, and started re-engaging in my normal life, I, I just found that once again, for my mental health, it was very important for me to, um, to keep that physical activity going. And so I, that's when I started kind of, uh, investigating some of these other, um, you know, races or, or different, um, avenues of physical activity, um, as a, as a method of release and, uh, of that stress and of just promoting my own overall wellness. And it's, I feel like for me personally, it's been hugely beneficial in maintaining an overall sense of balance in my life and also, um, helping me stay grounded and, um, just overall have a better sense of wellness for me. That's, that's beautiful, Spencer. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, do you feel, I mean, like how did med school impact your ability to engage in exercise? How did med school impact your wellness? Like, what was that like as you look past back at the past four years? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, obviously medical school is busy and um, there's, and it's, it's a heavy load that, that you're carrying. Um, And so it, you know, it takes some adjustment. I mean, I know before medical school, like, you know, my undergrad, like there was a lot to do and it was busy, but it's not the same level as medical school. And so it was a little easier to just be like, oh, you know, I maybe want to go and exercise at in the morning today or in the afternoon tomorrow. And I can be a little, could be a little more flexible with what I was going to do and when I was going to do it. Um, but as I started medical school, like, you know, just because of the heavier load, I had to be a little more strict in kind of planning out beforehand, um, you know, what my schedule was going to be like. And, you know, for me personally, and, and everyone has a different strategy and things that worked for them. But for me, the, the philosophy that I kind of adopted is that as much as I could, um, I wanted to treat, um, my, the work that I was doing for medical school, like a full-time job and in the sense that I would, you know, try and be on campus working on school stuff around, you know, eight o'clock or so in the morning, and then be, be there studying and working on stuff until five or six in the evening, try to limit it to those times and then have that time either before that in the morning or after that in the evening more for me. Um, And then it was in that, you know, usually in the evening time that I would then devote to, well, not devote completely, but a part uh, schedule out a portion of that for, um, for exercising in, in some form. And obviously that schedule had to be adapted at times based on, you know, if I, there was a test coming up and I needed more study time or if there was a certain project that we were working on that needed some more time and attention and that kind of thing. But um, in general, for me, like I, it, it did require some adjustment, but the biggest thing that helped me was kind of in advance planning out, okay, this is going to be the time that I am setting aside for this. And I just made it a priority because I knew that for me, that was something that was going to um, help me again, maintain that balance. And also as a result of that perform better in, in medical school as a whole. That's beautiful, Spencer. I love, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think that will benefit people who listen to this podcast, future students of the medical school and maybe current students of the school right now. Um, Kind of pivoting a bit. I'm curious, Spencer, like um, what what was your biggest surprise uh, about medical school? Because I know you know, when people think about medical school, they just like this image pops into their mind. Uh, uh-huh. 
and then you come to med school and then reality is always different than expectations. So what was your <laughs> biggest surprise? You know, the, I'm sure there were things that, a lot of things that were surprising, but I think the, the thing that immediately jumps out to my mind that I remember talking with people about during the first, you know, two or so years of medical school. Um, and I guess this is especially applicable to those first two years that are kind of the preclinical years. Um, but in general, for me, I felt like the, the principles that we were learning was, uh, or they were, um, what's the best way to say this? I guess they, they weren't anything that was like by themselves, anything that was just like totally like out there and hard to grasp. Like they were, they're very like, there were concepts that were, um, very understandable, but the thing that made it hard was that there was just so much of it, that there was just such a heavy, uh, like, and, and dense amount of material that we had to learn and retain. And I think going into medical school, I had kind of expected almost the opposite that it would just be all of these just ridiculously insane principles that were just so hard to grasp and wrap your mind around. Um, but in reality, for me, at least it was almost the opposite where like it was based off a lot of principles that I'd already learned between like undergraduate undergraduate physiology and other classes, but it was just so much of it. And that was the big challenge for me. It was the amount of content that we had to uh, learn and retain. People often say that, you know, I've heard two analogies. I've heard like, you know, first year is like 20 miles per hour. And then second year is like 30 miles per hour. And then third year is like 60 miles per hour. So I've heard that analogy and I've also heard people toss around like, Oh, it's drinking like out of a fire hose. So uh-huh. what, what, what do you think Spencer? Like do you want to use a, a marathon analogy or a <laughs> triathlon or a Spartan analogy? What, what, what do you think? You know, I definitely think that that is a, a comparable analogy in some ways, you know, it, it is, it is a slog at times and there is a lot and the, the training for it, you know, can be, can be brutal. And similarly, like it, takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, I think it, you know, there's a lot of core, um, a lot of correlations there. You know, one thing that immediately comes to mind, that's a little bit of a different analogy. And I, um, (laughs) but is, uh, so before I started medical school, I had a friend who was um, in medical school a couple of years ahead of me um, out at George Washington. I remember chatting with him at one point about what his experiences were like. And he, he commented that, you know, he had often heard that analogy about it, uh, of it being like drinking water through a fire hose. And, you know, he, he said that he felt that wasn't necessarily the most accurate, the way that he put it was like, um, and like I said, this is his analogy, but it just kind of, I thought it was funny and it stuck out in my mind. Um, he said, it's like being, you know, forced to eat, say, you know, 10 or 15 pancakes in a day. And if, and, you know, if on one particular day, you're not, um, you know, maybe you're, you're a little more full, you don't have as much room, like you can theoretically leave, you know, five or so of those pancakes off your plate and, and save them for another time, but they're still there and you have to make up for that the next day. And it just makes that next day that much harder. I thought that was kind of, you know, and obviously every analogy has its own weaknesses and everything, but I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. Cause it's not like, you know, in, in many cases each day, if you can, um, you know, adjust what you're doing a little bit. And if you're having a hard day or you just can't handle as much on one particular day, like you can put things off and that's okay if that's what you need. But you do also have to keep in mind that that next day, if whatever you kind of put off 
from the day before, it still is there waiting for, and you still have to cover that material and, and learn it. And so it just, it's, it's, it's unrelenting in, in that way. It doesn't, it just is ongoing and it doesn't necessarily um, ease up. I love that analogy, Spencer. I have little kids at home and they love making pancakes. We make a lot of pancakes and uh, yeah, we, we make so many pancakes, you know, it's hard, it's hard, you know, like, you know, the whole Bisquick, you know, putting <laughs> right. it together. We have a lot of leftover pancakes cause they kind of miss, uh, miss measure things. Yeah. Right. Like those pancakes, they can last there all day. I think we've all had that. We've had those pancakes uh-huh. just sitting on the counter and uh, yeah, it's, it's a good analogy. I love it. All right. So Spencer, before third year rolled around, what, what kind of doctor? What kind of field were you thinking of? What during the first two years? What, where was your brain at? What, what were, uh, and I'm talking like student interest groups or maybe research experiences. What what were what was your brain at during the first two years as far as yeah. discipline? Yeah, you know I was all over the place um, during the first two years. It took me a long time um, to figure out what I wanted to do. A couple of the things that I had looked at, I um, I kind of one of the, I guess one of the first things that I gravitated a little bit towards was uh, PMNR or physical medicine and rehabilitation. Um, you know, within that field, there's a lot of, um, you know, things in the musculoskeletal system, a lot of body mechanics and, you know, kind of going back to my previous experiences, that was something that was always interesting to me that, um, physics and body mechanics, kinematics, that kind of thing. And so inherently that field held a lot of appeal to me. Um, so that was something that I initially looked at, um, as uh, as a potential future field for me um you know i ended up doing a rotation in that in third year and not loving it as much but that was uh, but in any case that was something that i initially started looking at um during our first year we have a, a unit where we talk a lot about cancer um and for a while i thought about potentially pursuing oncology uh, and that was partially or in large part due to a few interactions that I observed with, um, you know, one of the doctors who presented to us one day and his, and his patients, we, we frequently have these patient presentations is what they're called where um, doctors in the field that we're studying um, will come in and with one or two or a, a several of their patients and they'll just talk about their experiences together. And um, there were just a couple within our cancer unit that really touched me um, and just seeing how close this doctor and patient were to each other and how they were almost like family. And that, like I said, was just very touching to me. Um, And so for a while I thought of um, doing something related to oncology. Um, One of the things specifically that I looked at and then I I got involved with research in this area was uh, radiation oncology. Um, Once again, kind of tying in the, these physics principles that were already appealing to me, um, tying those in with the study of cancer. Um, and so I did get involved with uh, a couple different uh, research mentors within that field, doing some research in that, in that area. Um, so those were, I think, probably the two main things that I, two main areas that I was thinking of during my first two years. But even as I was looking at those different um, fields in those first couple of years, I was very um, uncertain about what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew that medicine as a whole was so appealing to me and I really liked it, but I had a hard time um, really feeling um, totally connected with any, any one field. Although there were things about these different fields that, you know, that were appealing to me. Um, But it's a, it's a hard decision. And 
you know, there are some people who know from the get-go what they want to do. And, you know, I, I was definitely envious of those people because I was not at all one of those people. So Spencer, I'm going to put you on the spot. What was your best rotation during third year? What rotation just blew you away and, and made a strong case to say, Hey, Spencer, join us. Match. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it was, uh, it was one that caught me by surprise. Um, but I, uh, at the end of, well, actually it was not even technically during my third year. I was right at the beginning of my fourth year. I, um, I did a rotation in um, diagnostic radiology. And um, at the time I was again, thinking that I was going to do something like radiation oncology. And so I had taken, I'd signed up for this elective mostly with the intent of just getting some more experience with imaging um, because there's, you do a lot of that in radiation oncology. It relies very heavily upon um, imaging and scans and that kind of thing. Um, But as I, started this rotation in radiology, I almost immediately just felt at home there. I, excuse me, um, started realizing that um, the the thing about medicine that was most appealing to me, while I did really enjoy in a lot of ways being with patients and, you know, working through treatments and that kind of thing, the thing that was most fun to me was the diagnostic side of things. So, you know, taking the different pieces of of information that you've been given and piecing that together into uh, a diagnosis and trying to figure out what's going on. It kind of just felt like a big puzzle that you're trying to solve. And, you know, I've, and I've, uh, I've always really enjoyed that kind of thing. Like, you know, often when I'm, you know, eating one of my meals, you'll, you'll find me on my phone doing like crossword puzzles or things like, like that. So like different like puzzles like that have always been appealing to me. And that's what radiology felt like to me was, uh, a big puzzle piecing together these bits of information to figure out what's going on. And, um, and so um, in addition to that, it's still incorporated these physics, these principles of physics that had always been appealing to me. I felt really at home with the people that I was um, involved with there on the rotation. And so it was really, really late in the game. In fact, it was only about a month and a half before applications were supposed to to go out for residency. But I just did a total um, change of course, I guess, um, in, and decided to apply to to radiology because it just felt so right to me and felt so good. And that's what I ended up doing. Awesome. And then I'm going to put you on again the spot, Spencer. What rotation during third year that like just kind of like, wow, this is not what you expected. And um, it was, I'm not going to say negative experience, but it, it was, it was difficult. It was challenging. What, was there a rotation you, you, you felt you struggled with more than others? Um, I think the one that was probably hardest for me was surgery. Um, you know, I've never been, uh, I know some people are really drawn to doing like procedures and that kind of thing. And that's never been necessarily a, a draw for me. And so then coming there being, I already kind of knew that going into it, but then getting there, you know, the hours can be tough. And, um, and once again, it's just the, the, the procedures themselves were just not something that was interested, interesting to me. And so that combined with the difficult work hours being on your feet in standing in the same place for hours on end and, you know, things like that just were not, my cup of tea. Um, and so that was a really hard rotation for me. I learned a lot and I'm really grateful for that experience because it was, 
uh, a really great time of growth, but definitely um, I learned pretty quick or it was, it was confirmed to me pretty quick that uh, that was not what I wanted to do for my career. Spencer and, I echo that. I, I loved my surgery experience. I learned a lot. I saw a lot and I knew <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not what was in store for me. So that really, yeah, that resonates yeah. with me too. You're not for everyone. Yeah. All right. Um, so radiology, end of third year, beginning of fourth year. And then there's something that happened across the globe called our pandemic. <laughs> how did that, how did that impact your ability at the end of third year, how that impact your ability to, to kind of plan for your fourth year and, and just the whole residency application process. Walk me through that. Well, how was that from your perspective? Yeah, it was definitely, um, definitely created some challenges. I, um, you know, I felt like luckily for me, you know, most of the rotations that I felt like were, you know, could like, I guess, impact my future, you could say, or, you know, that would create big decision points for me. I had already gone through, so things like surgery or medicine or uh, pediatrics, I'd already finished those. And so I had already had the experiences there that, um, that I felt like I needed. And, you know, basically the last rotation that I, that got interrupted for me was um, OBGYN, which was another one that like, I kind of knew from the get-go was, was not um, what I was going to be doing. And so in terms of like my third year rotations, um, it was inconvenient and in that I had to make some stuff up a little bit later, but it wasn't a huge setback in terms of my planning. Um, it did create a few difficulties for um, fourth year though, um, specifically as you mentioned, just with kind of planning what I was, what I was doing and planning for residency. Um, it was kind of over that summer of last year of, of 2020, when I was trying to make that final decision of what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, had kind of tentatively gone forward um, with, with one field, but was not feeling totally settled about that decision. And so I was wanting to explore a few more things, but it made it challenging because most electives and things were shut down. And so I couldn't, I didn't have that time that I thought I would to explore a few more, um, a few more things. And so I ended up having to, um, I guess, reshuffle a bunch of my rotations um, that I had planned for like early fall um, in order to allow myself to have a little bit of elective time um, to uh, you know, really nail down what I was doing. And, um, and that's what I ended up doing. Um, radiology was during those times. And so it, it created some, um, some challenges for sure. Um, but I feel really fortunate um, in the way that it did work out and that I was still able to um, have electives at, uh, at those times that, um, still allowed me, um, to make this decision at a time, um, that, or early enough that I was still able to get my application at one time. So it sounds like Spencer, the electives were remote. And I assume yes. that when you started interviewing, the interview process was also remote, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, and how was yeah. it? I mean, to me, like, the, I don't know, like, it, it's hard because like, again, like we in the missions office also did Zoom interviews the past year and right. it went fine, you know, but I, I still think you lose something by not visiting places and meeting people in person and getting the tour. 
just that kind of physical connection that you can develop. And I fully realize that, yes, it saved a lot of people, a lot of money across the board from traveling and hotels and all that. But you also miss something because like you have those resident dinners and, um, and getting to know people and, and get kind of a feel for the area too. So yeah, I'm just curious what your thoughts were, are, were about the interview, pro- the virtual interview process. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I really echo kind of what you said. I think there's obviously pros and cons. I mean, I am a huge fan of, of the, that, that side of being able to save a ton of money. That was really, really awesome. And it was nice being able to, it was very convenient. Um, being able to just do everything from my house and, you know, um, being able to schedule even a couple in a single day. Um, so that those aspects were really great, but like you said, it, it, there's definitely trade-offs. Um, it became really difficult to, um, I don't know, I guess parse out the differences between, you know, from one program to the next, cause just cause your interactions are so limited and it's, not and it's not in person i mean you can you can get somewhat of a feel for what a person is like or what a program is like over zoom you know you can see a little bit of that but your interactions are just so limited to this you know couple hour window um and it's not at all the same as when you're in person with them and so uh it became really hard to really get a feel for what the energy or what the um overall culture of a program was like and um you know, I've been told over and over again that the, you know, probably the most important thing, or at least one of the most important things in a residency program is that you go somewhere where you feel, um, I don't like they're your people. And, and, and you've, you hear that a lot in terms of like choosing a specialty, but I think it also um, is relevant in choosing the place that you're going, the program you're going to within a specialty. You need to be in a place where you feel at home, where you feel like you can connect with the people you're around um, and that you just feel welcome there. And it can be hard to fully get a sense of what that's like and how you fit into that culture um, when you know you're just looking at someone or over at the program over a computer screen versus being there in person having that resonant dinner the night before and that kind of thing and I feel bad saying this out loud but it's true like all reading rooms are more or less the same all operating rooms are more I mean because of like federal and state guidelines and codes they're all the same exactly you know emergency rooms you know they all kind of have the same vibe to them and i i realize there are subtle differences um but yeah i like what you said it's like to me it's more about the people right and yep. who are the people at these places and who will be your cohorts your friends your colleagues how is the teaching how much teaching is done and yeah i agree with you completely like it's hard to get a sense of that culture Mm-hmm. Um, through zoom did you did they try to do any like like zoom dinners with the residents or happy hours uh, did you do that or how was that yeah most of the programs that i interviewed at did something along those lines where either the night before or the morning before or something like that they would have like a, a more informal like kind of q a session with a, a number of the current residents and you know different places adopted different formats you know some had it be like you'd be in like a breakout room with one resident and kind of rotate between rooms. Some had it kind of just be, everyone was in, in one big zoom room and just kind of um, 
sounding off whatever questions they had. So there were different formats, but most programs tried to do something like that, where you had something in a more informal setting um, where you could ask all of the, the questions you had about a program, including the good and the bad. And that was helpful. I, I did really appreciate that from, from all the programs. It still is not the same as being there in person and having an actual get together with them. But I, I really appreciated that most programs tried to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, you saved money on your end from the travel and flights, but I, I do remember distinctly like, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner tonight and I'm not paying and, and uh. usually at like these really nice swanky restaurants. Cause they're trying to like put their best foot forward and recruit you. So I do remember like, I do remember like, yeah, that was kind of fun. Cause like, you know, they would take you to restaurants that I would never normally eat at because right. you know, I'm not going to drop 50 bucks <laughs> on a steak, but like, Hey, you know, if someone else paid for it, sure. Take me out to dinner and not going to you know, say like, no to that. <laughs> yeah. I remember just, yeah. I stayed, And like, they usually have like some, department credit card and like oh yeah go ahead and order let's get desserts too you know <laughs> whatever like you want cheesecake you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah I, I guess she did miss miss out on that all right so yeah so so like jumping ahead to again kind of like the uniqueness of it all like when you submit your match list were you feeling good about it did you have second thoughts like what, what was your mindset going uh, after you submitted your match list your rank list, excuse me. Yeah, my rank list. Yeah. So um, I, by nature, I'm a bit more of a, an anxious person and like things to be, you know, just right. And I frequently <laughs> tend to uh, second guess um, decisions that I've that I've made. And I, I realize that that's not necessarily a uh, a positive attribute in every situation, but that was definitely the case with my match list. And, you know, I had a pretty good idea of um, of what I wanted, and you know, I had talked with um you know my my fiance a little bit about you know, what was important to us and what what we wanted um in um in a future program i had you know really taken time to evaluate the different programs i was in so i had a good idea of roughly where certain things would go on my list um but there was still a lot of anxiety and and as you said second guessing um about things um i think the the biggest second guessing though was was fortunately not like oh what should i do as my number one versus my number two choice i was more kind of in the middle of the pack like my like you know say like five through eight things mm -hmm. like that where i was moving them back and forth a ton and um and so uh, there was, there was a fair amount of that and a lot of anxiety about all, you know, especially afterwards, like, oh, did I do that right? Did I put my, my, the correct choice, I guess, as, uh, my number, you know, as, uh, my number one, my number two, etc. or am I going to end up somewhere that I thought was good, but it's not actually the best fit for me. And, you know, there's just a lot of that internal, um, debate going on in my mind. Um, and fortunately it all, it all worked out and I'm really happy with, with the way the match turned out. But yeah, at the, in the moment there was, there was definitely a lot of that anxiety present. What did match day look like in the middle of a pandemic? What, what, what how was that formatted? What, what were you doing? What, what did that look like this year? Yeah. So this year was, you know, definitely different than in, in most years where, you know, you had to have the whole class there present and everyone's kind of opening their their letters all together, um, finding out where you're going, you know, kind of a big party. This year was definitely different. Um, I personally um, had a, a little 
get together with my family. I had, uh, you know, my parents, a couple of my siblings, um, and then my, my fiance, we are all, all together at my house here in Salt Lake city. Um, and, um, you know, right at, I think it was 10 AM, um, was when, um, the NRMP sent out the email, um, with, uh, the big news. And so we were kind of just sitting there waiting for that email to come in, um, as it came in, you know, pulled it up on my phone and, and read it aloud with, uh, you know, with my, my family present and, and then had a little celebration with them, um, in a little more intimate setting, um, as, uh, you know, as I learned where, where I was going to be going. Um, and then after that, so throughout the day, they had, uh, um, signups for us to go back onto campus and, and share over this live stream that the school had going, um, with, uh, with the rest of our class where we were going to be going. So that way we could still share that fun news with the rest of our class um, and have some um, small aspect of that, you know, big group celebration. Um, but, uh, but the majority of the celebration on that day was done in a more intimate setting with my own family. Wow. That, that sounds beautiful, Spencer. And then where did you match? Yeah. So um I, I guess the main match, so radiology is a little bit different, I guess, you know, there's a few other fields like this where you have uh, your intern year is separate from the rest of um, the radiology residency. And so um, I matched first to do my intern year. I, I am doing a transitional year down in Riverside, California. Um, and then for the radiology itself, I'm actually coming back here to Salt Lake um, to the University of Utah. Congratulations. And how, how do you feel about that? I guess I am, then and now, if you've had about a month or so to process. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I am so stoked. And, you know, uh, then as I was opening it, I was so, so excited. And that feeling continues now. Those were actually my, like, my top choices in both of those for both my engineer and my, um, and the radiology residency itself. And so I feel really, really fortunate um, that I was able to get both of my top choices there. I, I'm, you know, I'm from Utah originally. I've spent a lot of time here. And so I'm super excited to be able to come back here to a place that I know that I love um, with people that I know that I love. Um, and then on the other hand, I'm very excited to have just this one year adventure somewhere else. I think California is going to be a lot of fun um, being down by the beach for a little bit, enjoying some nice weather. Um, I couldn't be more excited about, about both aspects of that journey. That's awesome, Spencer. And I guess one, one last question before I'd let you go. Um, as you look back over the past four years, what advice would you give yourself uh, the, the, I, the 2017 version of Spencer, <laughs> what, what, what have you learned along this path? What, what have you gained? What would you share with your uh, self from four years ago? I think that's a really great question. It's a, it's a hard one to answer. Um, but I think that the thing that would be um, that, that stands out in my mind um, is the importance of um I don't know, I guess enjoying the process of learning and not getting bogged down in your, uh, in the performance of each individual aspect of it. So for example, I, I'm the kind of person who, um, 
I mean, I care a lot about how I do, how I perform on things like tests or um, evaluations and that kind of thing, which I think is important. But, um, you know, in looking back, like, does it matter whether I got a 90 or a 95 or even an 85 or an 80 or, you know, less than that on a one particular test back in first year? Like, not really, as long as I learned the material and like, am prepared enough to use that material, you know, moving forward as a doctor, it doesn't matter what that particular score was on that day. Um, and I, I think that that would be kind of the advice that I would give is to not get bogged down in the minutia of, oh, no, I didn't do perfectly on this exam or on this evaluation. And instead focusing on, am I learning? Am I growing from this? And if, and if I'm not where I want to be, what do I need to change in order to get there? And then, and I think that would have allowed myself, that would have allowed me to um, enjoy the moment a little bit more and enjoy the process a little bit more and also just have a lot fewer feelings of, uh, of anxiety, um, surrounding my medical school experience. Spencer, I'm so glad I, you know, just thinking about it, like you're, you're marathoning, you're running, you know, you're, you're, you you can argue you're eight years in (laughs) to this journey. (laughs) If we include undergrad as well as med school, right. You've got a few years to go. So maybe you're kind of at the mile marker of like 18, 19 miles. You got a few more miles to go, but you're definitely on the down slope. And I'm just excited for you. I mean, it's a, it's, thank you. You've overcome a lot um, with COVID and all sorts of adversity and challenges this year, but I'm glad you found a field. I'm glad you found your people I'm glad you were happy with your match and congratulations to you and your fiance. That's exciting as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just really happy for you. I'm really glad that I've gotten to know you during these past four years. I'm excited for, yeah, to see you around the U because like, I will bump into you in the cafeteria or by the Starbucks that's right. <laughs> or, or, the, or the secret physician doctor lounge, attending doctor lounge. You know, there's a lot of places uh, in the U which we'll, we'll run into each other. But yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that as well. And it's been really great being able to, you know, sit down with you today and also to, you know, get to know you a bit over these past four years as well. It's been a lot of fun. Well, Spencer, thank you so much. And let's stay in touch. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Dr. Chan. Mm-hmm.